the Nerds of Color, diversity, fandom, and journalism. Thank you for coming. Um, you know, as you see, there's an assorted group of us. Uh, we're all journalists in some way. We have podcasts, we write columns, creators, and... Sorry. <laughs> uh, we're, we're all, you know, an assorted group up here. We have websites, columns, you know, art creators, and things of that nature. Um, I guess uh, I'm going to be moderating the panel. My name is Valerie. Um, I have a website called the Anime Complexium, and this website is a little different as I focus on characters and cosplayers of color. Um, I do original sort of think pieces about uh, color and anime um, cosplayers and the different things that they go through, and that's I guess all about me. I'm 33 years old. I'm a Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been an anime watcher for about 22, 23 years. I'm complete anime trash, um, <laughs> and I just enjoy speaking to people and letting them know what's out there and what's available to them. I know that uh, some people do feel a little ostracized in the anime community, especially, and that's why I have my website and that's why I'm here to talk to all of you, lovely people. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start it on my left. And I'm gonna go with Julie. Just introduce yourself, and you know, what do you, what do, you do? What do you write, and all that stuff. Sure. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Julie Kang. Um, I write for the Nerds of Color, uh, usually recapping um, shows like The Legend of Korra, Doctor Who, uh, Game of Thrones, um, and I also write for a few Asian American blogs, uh, Kimchi Mamas, and Geisha School Dropout. Um, and during my free time, I'm a software engineer. <laughs> Hi everybody, my name is Henry Kim. Uh, I'm actually replacing my good friend Nelson Wong, so if any of you were here to see him, I apologize. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, but uh, he's a great guy. But So I run an art site called Empty Kingdom, and basically we cover art from all over the world, and we are, I guess, minority run? I don't know, it's pretty diverse, so. Pass the mic. Hi, my name is Salim French, and I am a podcaster with Blacker Than Black Times Infinity. Uh, we are a podcast that dedicates ourselves to talking about anime and video games and all types of comics and TV series. And I just want to say, if you're proud to be a geek right now, can I get a hell yeah? Hell yeah! Hell yeah! <laughs> I'm Sean Taylor, write for the Nerds of Color.org, um, Ebony Magazine, the New York Times, yada, 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 yada. I'm a Virgo. <laughs> uh, I'm known to be a boy. Let's stop eating up all the polio. That's what I like to get down. Um, yeah, so this is something that for me is really important because especially now in the times where um, voices of all types are being marginalized and pushed to the side in favor of a dominant narrative that makes absolutely no sense or zero cultural relevancy, um, having these these gatherings and how we're getting down now. I mean, like, I took pictures of the most beautiful people, like POC, doing cosplay and the rest. And it's not to exclude anybody else, but sorry if you're here to think that whiteness is the default, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> because it's not. The default is us. I mean, because like, you people talk about diversity as if it's some type of object, some type of goal, but it's weather, it's climate, it's air, it's how the world actually is. And we want to represent that through all these spaces. Well, I'm just going to jump right into it, and yes, I'm using my phone, so don't Jennifer Lawrence me. I'm just, um, <laughs> I, uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about was, you know, there's a diversity shift in nerd culture specifically, where, like you said, the, the nerd archetype is not just the, you know, the skinny white male, where it's, you know, the, it's the, you know, African-American female, or it's, you know, you know, an Asian female who break dances and likes to read Deadpool or whatever. It's, you know, we have the difference now. So what, what do you, why do you think we're seeing more people of color specifically in the journalism field now than, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago? Did everybody hear that? Okay. Who's so, um, first? since you started talking, you talk, you take okay. it first. Okay. Um, do you want to take the mic off of the... Yeah, yeah let's take it off of there. Freestyling but it. But don't just when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> no promises. No Good promises. idea. Thanks. Uh, first of all, I want to say that I think uh, people of color in uh, geekdom have always been there. I, I, I really think so. I think the fans have always been diverse. I think that um, when it comes to the current trends that we're, we're, we're seeing, it's refreshing, number one. 
and I think that um, it, it's definitely about time to see uh, th this level of diversity, but we've always been fans from Star Trek through Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, reading these comics all the way through, and we, we feel it. We feel it. These are our stories, so I love it. I think technology. Yeah? I mean, this reminds me of, you know, I'm born 19 Brooklyn, New York. And so, oh, I, I watched hip-hop being formed. And this is what this reminds me of now. This reminds me of that hip-hop moment when, you know, as soon as the Yodin TV raps came out, we were like, oh, wow, Japan, China, Tonga, Fiji, it was everywhere. And I'm seeing this now. It's like now with, with technology, I'm like, I correspond with the guy in, in Manila frequently about this stuff, and that would never have ever happened before, like this 10 years ago. And I mean, we've always been here. I mean, we, we're, we're talking about George Schuyler in 1920s, right? Black Empire uh, and all that. We're talking about Octavia Butler Kinja. That was in the 70s. Yeah, we're talking about Mantis, the TV show. Remember the first disabled yes. black figure yeah. on TV? Yeah. We're talking about all this stuff. We've been there the entire time, but we've been pushing the margins as like the really witty, overly talking sidekick or the non-sexual bodyguard, John Diggle, and then there, oh. was, <laughs> there was the rest, right? And so, but we've always been here, the tech has been there, but tech is making it where we can create community on our terms, when we want to, how we want to, and I think that's why we have the multitude of needed voices from, you know, I mean, folks from the Arab world, like the 99, you know, and we're hearing a lot more yeah. queer voices are coming out, which we need. I mean, there's so much that's happening right now that it's almost an embarrassment of riches that we're in right now. It's, I mean, we're lucky. This is a, this is a perfect time, and I'm a, I'm a father of, of a eight years old next week little daughter who's right. into this stuff. You know, she went to this Target and saw um, Bumblebee toy. She's like, "Daddy, a black superhero toy? Can I get three? I was like, "You're damn right, you can." Um, I would say, in addition, um, there's been a lot more of a push for content creators to be people of color and for uh, us to tell our own stories, which um, just rings true, truer um, on the screen and on the page, um, not just racially, but you know, gender diversity, sexuality diversity, all that stuff, um, which is awesome. Also, I think the importance of the rise of the internet and the democratization of journalism. I mean, anyone can pick up a camera and videotape what's going on in their neighborhood. Everyone can um, write um, opinion, you know, op-ed pieces of what's going on in their life. And if it's a compelling story, it'll get read or have a chance to be read or amplified. And I think that alone just puts our voices out there in a way that um, is harder to ignore. Uh, well, I can only speak on the Asian American side, I guess, and I know for a lot of people uh, in my generation, like when we were growing up, our parents were very much like, you know, you got to be a doctor or a lawyer or something very sensible. Um, so I don't think there were a lot of people that were getting into entertainment and things like that. Uh, but I think that's kind of changed. I think now with, you know, the newer generations, there's a lot of freedom for kids to grow up just pursuing whatever they want to be, whether it's an entertainer or, you know, like an actor or musician. I mean, for myself, I'm a filmmaker, and I remember I was in college studying psychology, and I was, I told my parents, I was like, when, when I'm done with this, I'm going to go straight into movies. And then after, like, one semester, I was like, wait, I'm going to spend, like, four years, like, studying something I know already I'm not going to do, and then I'm going to lose all that time that other people are, you know, learning. So I dropped out and uh, just started making movies and so I think that you know like at least for the Asian American side I think there's a lot more voices now because we're just um, our parents are letting us I don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually you bring up a good point and that actually leads into the next question is um, <clears throat> why do you guys think and and I want the audience to think about this too why do you guys think people demand diversity now more than ever with things like you know Oscar so white and every time you know like a whitewashed movie comes up people are you know on Twitter or on Facebook saying hell no or whatever why do you think people now desire more representation or more correct representation now than ever before I can start that one if you want 
Um, I think I think people of color have always wanted representation. I think that um, with the structure of media, it was just really hard to be heard. And because of technology, because of the internet, um, even just looking at like Twitter and Facebook and, and all those platforms that allow you to be heard, um, you can do it. But before it was like, you know, how are you gonna get heard? You gotta talk to somebody in a news station and con convince them to, you know, cover you or somebody to write an article about you. And, and, and like Julie was saying, like, you know, like with the technology, basically, we can be heard. And I think that, you know, we all have friends of different ethnicities. So if you're on Facebook sharing an issue that you care about and you have, you know, a white friend or whatever, if they care about you and they hear something, a struggle that you're going through, then they're naturally going to care as well. So I think that it really has been technology and I guess Silicon Valley, you know, the reason why we're being heard more now than ever. Um, I think another point is that people of color have definitely proven throughout decades and decades of work that we can make high quality stuff. You know, when it comes to comics, when it comes to TV series, when it comes to movies, we've demonstrated and proven over and over again that we're just as good as anybody else. And so you can't ignore that um, for too long. And I think we're all benefiting from being alive at this time. It's a very exciting time, you know, when you have all this diversity on TV and in the movies uh, and uh, in video games as well. But it's about making sure that we have quality, uh, quality products. And we've demonstrated that, again, we can, we can do that. And uh, people are taking notice. Uh, one thing that I've noticed that I'm really grateful for is that um, a lot of community organizing tactics um, that were normally used in the civil rights movement um, is being utilized in pop culture and kind of social movements. And Black Twitter is a great example. You know, once like Black Twitter can you know get a hashtag out there, it gets amplified millions to billions of times. Um, <clears throat> even if it's not a, a centrally Black issue, like for that atrocity of Avatar The Last Airbender movie. Ooh. I don't know if y'all heard that. <laughs> um, we, we tried to forget about that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it shall not be named. We <laughs> put that in the same box as Matrix 3. Oh, yeah. Wait, I like that movie. Matrix 3 fans back here. But it was, um, you know, a, a group of Asian American activists who um, you know made the race bending website? Tried to amplify it, but you know to be real, like we still constitute three to five percent of the United States population. But it was other communities of color who banded around and said, "Yeah, this is not just an Asian issue. This is like representation and equality in general." Um, that kind of union of uh, the chorus, <coughs> sorry, the the chorus of voices saying diversity, like we will stand together. Um, in the name of it is amazing. Like that's like one key difference. I think all this stuff is this is this is our new mythology. I mean, so many of us are turning away from traditional church and traditional religions, but we still want the element of the fantastic in our lives. And so, hey, I can bend steel, jump out of the roof, and land on my feet. Like hell yeah, I want to be a part of that. And so, but I think that we've been. I mean, because like the, how other people have represented us has never been, I mean, has there ever been a really good storm story? Not really. Mm. I mean, has there ever been a really good, you know, Mr. Terrific story? I'm the third smartest guy. Like, fuck, what the, really? <laughs> third smartest guy, that's your power, wow, great. I mean, we've never, we never been represented in any way, but I think once we realized that we got over our collective imposter syndrome and realized that we actually do belong and that this is our stuff as well. You know, Grant Morrison had a really good um, thing. He said that like all the comics and things that are written by the people are cave paintings that we just touch up every once in a while to keep them fresh. I think that's what we're doing. I think that we're also, but we moved to caves and we're doing our own paintings now. And so we're creating our own mythology. We're creating our own worlds for our children, people behind us to actually populate and take over. We're done because I'm writing you know, stories now. I'm with my daughter. Does that suck? Yeah, Poppy. Okay, let me change that then. And so because I want to be able to reflect this, this, this actual reality, but with you know robots and superheroes and zombies and the rest, and why not? I mean, I think that we are finally realizing that we do belong, and that we have the tools for belonging, and so now, instead of trying to like fight against the existing structure, we said, screw the structure and create our own. And that's been something you know really powerful that I've, that I've seen, that people have realized, like, you know, I mean, barriers to entry are non-existent. 
now. And so I think that's something that's been really phenomenal to watch. I, I think that brings up a good point, and that was actually going to lead into the next uh, topic of conversation, which you already addressed it, is, um, you know, we're no longer sort of in the background. Um, you know, we're coming to the forefront. Also, you, you know, one of the problems, I think, was being used as, as tropes. Um, when I say tropes, you know, you mentioned John Diggle. And, um, you know, being, being sidekicks or um, being, you know, the sassy one or, you know, the tiger dragon lady. mom, you know, the dragon lady or whatever. Um, but the way to sort of separate oneself from that is to, you know, now create your own and you have the resources and, and you know, different people that you can connect with and with technology you can sort of create you know, your own thing, you don't really need the, you don't need to be a part of Marvel or DC to create a, a, a huge, you know, sort of series or anything like that. But I guess the next question is, is this new push for diversity creating a hostile environment for others, um, I guess we'll say, for, um, more specifically, for white journalists? Is it? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> creating a hostile environment for them. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I mean, I come from where basically if your shit wasn't up to par, you got left behind. So if you want to come in here talking about you're appropriating geek culture while you're listening to Tupac, it doesn't work, sorry. But, I mean, but the idea is that, like, you want to be hostile, be hostile, be mad, you're taking over our stuff. No, the alphabet is everybody's. Sorry. It's only just 26 letters. If you can't rock it like I can, that's your responsibility, not mine. There's no problem. So I don't care if they're hostile because I get it all the time. I mean, you should read some of the stuff we get on the Skiller site in the comment section. It's like, oh, man. And it's like, wow. Like, this is what you really think. You know, also, you know, technology has democratized stupidity as well. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I it is because I, I really believe, like, you know, I come from the hip-hop era. If you can't battle, get out. I'm anytime, anywhere, anyhow, I will battle anybody and not care because I believe in this stuff and I believe in my talent in this stuff and I believe in the talent of my compatriots in this stuff and so if you're just mad because, you know, because you felt you left out, I mean, hi, look at your money. I'm left out all the time. You know, look at every billboard. If it's black, it's, hey, don't get AIDS. If it's white, it's like, oh, cool car, right? I mean, it's like, be, be, be mad. I hope people get mad enough to stop. Because I won't. I mean, I, I engage. I love trolls. Like, trolls are my vitamins. I love it. I love it because, I mean, it's like, why? I mean, something I love, I will defend. If I didn't care about it, I wouldn't defend it. But I love this stuff. I mean, I remember reading um, the Fantastic Four issue where a kid lit himself on fire to imitate Johnny Storm and thought that was the most. I was like, I'm a kid. I'm like, damn, comics are deep. Like, wow. Well, like, that's the stuff. I mean, and, and, like, it made, I mean, comics made me literate. Yeah. You know? I mean, sci-fi taught me to dream outside of my station. When you sit there watching Star Trek with my grandfather, who's from Jamaica, was illiterate until he was, like, in his 50s or 60s, I taught him how to read through E.E. E. Doc's Lensman books. I taught, that's how I taught him how to read. So this stuff isn't just, like, some cool thing I visit on the weekends. This is, like, part of my, like, this is integral to my life. And so people want to, you know, want to battle about it and want to get, they feel, you know, if you feel left out, that is on you. Yeah. And so I, I love it. I love the hostility. I love the anger because it just makes me work harder. Real, real quickly. Um, it's not creating the hostility. No. I, I just refuse to believe that, you know, having diversity in, uh, in the, the geek world uh, is causing people to have hate in their hearts and be racist. There are people who have hate in their heart who are racist long before any type of uh, comic books and long before any type of sci-fi shows. Um, and I, I like what you said about you know the trolls. I mean, the trolls are going to be the trolls, and you just need to battle them sometimes, and other times just block and delete. You know, that's all there really is to it when it comes to that. But no, it's it's definitely not creating it. It's used as a convenient excuse sometimes. And um, I think we need to call that what it is when we see it, and then combat it. Sound like a bomb going off. Yeah. <laughs> I was um, like, clear? <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, especially when you get into the niche, like the super, super niche topics and, and fandoms like anime, it's like I even get 
there are no kids in here, right? All right, I only get shit, I get shit from black men too that are like, how are you, how is it possible that you're into anime and that you know all of these facts and everything and you have a website? I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm like, I love this stuff. But sometimes like the comments on the website, you should hear it. Like I wrote an article recently about, um, there were some young ladies who posed for a picture and they were dressed as, you know, the cast of Dragon Ball. And some troll, as y'all would call it, call them dumbass, but some <laughs> troll. Um, That's what they are, dumbass controllers. <laughs> yeah, he, he, somebody wrote over the picture like some ghetto stuff about food stamps and weaves uh, and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, I wrote the, uh, the article and people were calling me racist and I said, you know, uh, misandry and all of this stuff because I pointed out who the person was. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't dox them. I just put their picture in the article and I had some choice words. I'm like, let these women be, you know? It was just a group of young girls. Color doesn't matter. They were just dressed, you know, how they wanted to be dressed in their cosplay. And I, everything, you know, we've talked about blackface too. Racist after racist comments. People said they come into my house and, oh, you know, I just yes. tell them to come through. I got a 22 ready. Oh, there we go. But they don't, you know, and I, I understand there's a, a level of fear there and people, you should protect yourself. But for me, I tell them to, to come through and I never, I've never been challenged because I, I don't put up with it. I don't tolerate it. And I, I would, like you were saying, I will defend my website, my niche, my craft. I will defend it to my dying day because I am anime trash. That's <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I don't know if like Chris Hardwick loses a look of sleep over people like us, but like I, um, your question reminds me of things like Gamergate, you know, which was started by a woman of color um, or a, a bunch of women speaking up at um, the atrocious behavior they've experienced at every single like developer conference that they've ever attended. Um, and then that's when you see hostility from their peers and their superiors. And, um, and we see it now on a much larger scale with the Trump rallies. Um, people are getting angry, they're feeling threatened. Um, maybe they're not journalists per se, but I think we're hitting a nerve. This is a really important time to be alive. And I, for one, am, you know, I'm kind of scared, but also, uh, excited to be a witness to it and to be you know one of the voices of people who are just reasonable <laughs> and just it's time to kind of take a seat and listen to experiences that aren't your own and we've always been here and you can ignore it as long as you want but it's kind of coming to a head and I'm like personally ready really more than ready to see how it explodes. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I think those are all really good points. Um, I think I think the hostility, if there is some, uh, I think goes deeper to just the fact that humans resist change. I mean, people resist change in every way, and it does issues beyond color. Um, and I think that as you know, a species where our consciousness is evolving. And, and uh, I kind of have this theory of humanity if, like, you were to look at all people um, and pretend it's, like, one person, right? Like, if you look at the way we evolve, like, uh, you know, you start off as a child and it's really innocent and kind of, like, uh, simple. And then as you move into your teens, like, the world gets a little bit more complex and then you're challenged. And I think there's a level of ignorance that goes on and, and then... When you get older, hopefully you mature and kind of move past that. And I feel like uh, the blowback and the hate and the trolls and, and the stupidity on the internet is kind of proof that as a species, we're like in our teenage years, <laughs> you know, in a way. Like, so that's how I think of it. So I feel like, you know, we do live in a great time where, uh, you know, we have this opportunity to affect each other and hopefully put it in a very... Um, grow in a positive way because if you look at a teenager they're very impressionable and somebody next to them says something ignorant and you know they kind of take that on and then maybe they go to college or something and then they meet other people with other views and then and then their worldview changes and I feel like that's kind of what we're doing is like we're constantly 
affecting each other and pushing back on each other and trying to help each other evolve. So I think that we're at a very critical point in our uh, species where, you know, hopefully, you know, I had this dream the other day. I was like, well, like a conversation between two people where they were like, uh, hey, remember that time when uh, we used to like kill each other for no reason and over stupid reasons? And the other person's like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like if we could get to that point, I think that would be great. But, you know, these are the growing pains. And so I think that, uh, you know, it requires um, people of color to, um, even when they're being attacked or when they're feeling that, that type of pushback, to make an effort to not speak at each other, but speak to each other still. Because um, I think that when you are trying to, uh, make a change and evolve, you have to take the high road as much as possible. And so, yeah, enjoy the trolls. <laughs> you speak to a, a good point, and the next point is, where do you think this level of fear of this change comes from? Um, is it insecurity? Is it a fear of losing status? Or, or you know, where do you think the inherent fear of, oh, you know, the white genocide stuff coming up, where, where do you think that all comes from? Um, and I'm not saying, you know, I know that's a general statement, but even in, you know, it seems like even in the geek world, it's like, oh, you're taking over, you can't take mine, it's mine, it's a part of my history, mine, mine, mine. So I'm just wondering what you guys think about, think about where, where the fear comes from. Oh, Almost time for questions, I promise. All right. Uh, really quickly, I also want to just, for perspective, say that 98% of all of the interactions that my podcast has on Twitter are positive. There is a whole lot of love um, from people from all types of communities at Ethan BTI. Real quick plug. Um, but yeah, so I, I just want to say that it's um, it's not all doom and gloom. There's a lot of positivity and a lot of Love trolls, for lack of a better phrase. You know? <laughs> That's the best name for a punk man. There you go. <laughs> but that, that does um, happen. And I think even at this con, you've seen from people in this room, people giving compliments to each other. Oh, great cosplay. I love that. Oh, where's uh, that panel going to be? You know, interacting in a positive way happens much more often than the trolls. And I think that the trolls tend to get elevated as being all that there is online, and I don't think that that's true. I just refuse to believe that it's all nothing but trolls. It's like, you know, you get 500 hugs a day and then one punch to the gut, and you think about the gut punch the yep. entire time. And I think, I mean, like, when you're on top, and there's been no competition while you're on top, then all of a sudden equality feels like oppression. And there's something about that, because I think people are losing ground in a way. But it's like, you know, we want, a lot of people want a partner. Like, hey, let's get together, let's try this. But it's kind of like, no, this is my spot. You already have Serena and Venus. You fuck tennis. Like, you know, we're trying to do anything else. And so it just seems like, wow, we're trying to get in this space. But I think that the anger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was like entire woods. And then I was like, people get so mad. It's, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, you can think about, you can identify with a billionaire guy with a, basically an F 18 Hornet suit that flies around, but you can't look at a black female character and feel empathy. Like, there's something that's, that there's, there's a social dissonance that there, there's a dysfunction that's there that you can, I'm sorry, you are never an orphan billionaire, but you're okay with that, but for some odd reason, you can't read a storm series, or some odd reason you can't, like, there's something that's just completely off, but like, if, you, like, if you're on top all the time, you know, all of a sudden people are coming into your quote-unquote space because you're, you've seen nothing else for so long, and so I think that a lot of that pushback is, you know, you know, this is our last spot, but I think people, these are, like I said, I think it is, it's like 2%, but it's a loud 2%. Yeah, so. it's, it's a 2% it's a where, like, I mean, like, just today, I saw a guy get ejected today for grabbing a girl's behind on her, on her plate. You know, there's signs everywhere. Cosplay is not, is not consent. consent. And, and, like, and I'm like, and, but in the, in, in the, a woman threw him on. I was like, yeah, you know. <laughs> like, but, like, that, that even exists, though. Like, that, that type of, like, I have this self-perception of power that things are mine, that things are objects, that things are property, that they're my property or my objects, is a frightening thing. Even something as nebulous as creative works. So once we're coming into that space, and, you know, so we are saying no to sexual harassment, no to homophobia, no to racism. And those things have been default settings for so many of these trolls forever. That's, that's been their rooms. That's been their, their, their lifestyle. So now that we're actually you know, saying, no, we don't put up with that anymore, and now we're talking out about it, 
We're defending each other. We're making alliances across gender, across sexuality, across race, which is such a very spooky thing, right? It's like, oh my God, wait a minute. The Blacksicans are coming, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, people get so terrified by it, but I think that the, the greatest thing about it is, is that this is what we're doing, though. This is like, the reality is people of different sexualities, races, classes, being friends, intermarrying, having whatever, that's the reality. But the reality doesn't conflict because when you have a cognitive dissonance when it comes to race and culture, it's like it takes you a while. Like you're saying, you were like, you know, or you're saying too, we we're in our infant. Or I think we were infancy. We're still like we're like in elementary school. Maybe other school. We just learned how to get all the stains out when we wipe. Yeah. <laughs> That's where we are right now, as, as people. We're still gonna make our own lunch. <laughs> I think it's all summed up in one word, which is privilege. Um, privilege is invisible, right? Uh, when you have it, um, very visible when you don't, and it encompasses everything, right? I mean, being born rich or being born um, beautiful or you know classically beautiful or being born in America uh, during a certain time period to white parents. Um, and I feel like if people, number one, accepted the fact that privilege exists, like that's still kind of a, a mental block for a lot of people. Um, but I think once you accept the idea that it does exist, um, oh yeah, maybe um, it might have been easier for my colleague in the Stanford CS department um, who was never called a slut or um, you know, said out loud that you must be getting an A because you blew the professor. Like maybe my day was a little better than yours and it's like, <laughs> and it was a little easier, you know, and I feel like my victories are mine and not the fact that, you know, people look at, you know, the fact that people look at my boobs or something and think, oh, you know, that B plus is gonna be an A minus right there. Her <laughs> boobs are good today or whatever. But, um, but yeah. Like, I'm happy to talk about it afterwards, by the way, if uh, you know, anyone is unclear on the concept of privilege and, or you know, want to debate, that's cool. I'll, I will educate you. I'm gonna say something that might be controversial, but I actually don't have a problem with white privilege because um, this, I mean, aside from the fact that the Native Americans were here first, um, you know, white people came in and they took the country, it's theirs. Like, it's not privilege, it's just their country. Like, if you go to China, it's not called yellow privilege. Like, there's not, like, white people in China being like, how come we're not being represented? It's because it's their country, you know? If you go in there, that's their world. It's like, if I built a house and I invited a guest and I'm like, hey, you could have a room here, that doesn't mean like he gets to go into my kitchen and get everything in the fridge. We still, it still has to be a conversation that happens. So, and I know that's, you know, some people are gonna be like, well, fuck you. But I think, um, <laughs> I think what I'm trying to get at is instead of being upset that you don't have the same privilege, I think it's like, understand that that's just the situation and then do what you can from that position to make it equal, you know, bring something to the table. Like for instance, with the, the, the website that, that I run with my friends, you know, we're like 80% minority. And the thing is that we're an international site, so we represent art from all over the world. And um, there, there are literally no color lines to the art we share because when we started the blog, the only rule was that it has to be great art. Yeah. Um, but that being said, since we are people of color, there was kind of a secret agenda that like, you know, we're gonna like slip in extra stuff that's like for the colored folks that that is being exposed to everybody else. So instead of coming with like the, you know, like a shield and a sword and being like, I, you know, you need to listen to me and you need to understand my issues. It's just kind of more of like a, like a fight club style, you know, like just doing it like really, really kind of under the table and just uh, forcing people to understand each other by just, acting like it's it's not a problem, you know? So we share art that's, 
you know, from Muslim countries, you know, Christians and, and uh, you know, South America and all that stuff. And, and I think that, um, you know, I've seen the comments and it's like people appreciating each other for the art that they create because it touches them. And it's not because it's like, you know, you have to pay attention to this and you have to care because they don't have to care, you know, like either they will or they won't. But I think the more that you're relaxed about it, this is just my opinion, but, and I think there's definitely people that need to be very vocal and, and, I, and there's a lot of ways to attack it, but I'm just saying like, you know, for us, we try to be very casual. So, you know, we care, but we bring it up in a way where, again, like I said, we're talking to each other instead of at each other. So, um, yeah, like white privilege exists, um, but I don't get mad at it. I mean, if I, you know, I'm Korean, so when I go to Korea, like, it's all Korean people in the movies and stuff. And when the one white person shows up, he's the worst actor in the whole thing, you know? So, uh, so yeah, I don't know. You guys could beat me up later. I, I can't let that stand. I'm sorry. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned China. I'm also Korean, by the way. So, um, yes. Um, because China has a bad track record of um, what is kind of a yellow privilege where the Han Chinese, which is the, minor, uh, the majority uh, race there, has um, obliterated literally hundreds of minority cultures of the lands that they've taken over or purchased or what have you. Um, ask a Taiwanese friend um, how they feel about, oh, you know, China is China, right? Um, or you know anybody in um, the Mongolian steppes or anything like that? Okay, just <laughs> you can you can see her afterward. <laughs> I just wanted to um, bring it back and, and open it up to questions in the audience. Wait, I'm sorry, I got to make one more. It's <laughs> <laughs> not an argument. I just I want to clarify. I'm not saying that white privilege is okay. I'm not saying that we should accept it. I'm not saying that we're supposed to roll with it. What I'm saying is that. I just personally don't want to be a person that is um, angry in the way where I let that issue affect the way that I create my art. You know, I still want to be free to feel that I could express myself without some cloud over my head. Like, I just ignore the cloud. Like, I know the clouds are there, so I'll bring the rain cover, you know what I mean? But I'm not, like, upset when I walk out the door, like, I gotta keep my head down or something. That's all I was trying to say. I'm not saying white builders is okay, okay? <laughs> okay. Round two. I'm gonna. Um, I, I saw the question. Okay. I'm gonna open it up for questions. And what I want you guys to think about is how are you personally helping to perpetuate positive change in the geek nerd fandom? Um, are you creating a new site for whatever? Um, you know, what are you doing personally to, you know, and this is for the panel as well, what are you doing personally to help to try to perpetuate that? We saw a, a question. Yeah, I have a question. Can you stand up and uh, sure. make sure? Okay. So when What's your name? Oh, hey, Rihanna. Hi. 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 <laughs> uh, so my question is, when traditionally white characters, are, especially in movies, port, uh, portrayed by people of color, there's usually an uproar on two fronts. One being people of color saying, why don't we get our own characters? And the other front, uh, people saying, you know, you're invading our space. No black bond. Idris! is too fly for bond. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to, to give my opinion, um, I personally like it. I, I think that it helps in two fronts. It helps with bringing the people of color forward. Uh, but I think it also helps in not marginalizing them and in not making the character only about their ethnicity or their whatever it is. So I appreciate that, but I was wondering what your opinion is on that. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I mean, part of it, I think there's some interesting, like, I think there's interesting things. I mean, like, I would have loved to see the Batman story in the hood. Like, what would that mean? Like, yo, because kids, you know, Asian, black kids, Latin kids, parents are getting killed all the time. And so what would a not very wealthy Batman look like? That's why I love the movie Attack the Block. Because normally... They're like when you have these things, like this big tropes, like you know, you have that this Spielbergian white privilege childhood. It's always like white kids, kind of smart assy, 
who may have a broken home, but they're still rich enough to live in big houses even though they're poor, right? <laughs> and so, but when Attack the Block, like, aliens went in the hood, like, in England? Oh, shit! Like, for real? <laughs> and I think like, like, the uproar about Johnny Storm, because there's nothing about Johnny Storm that says white. Yeah. There's nothing. But too bad the movies suck. I mean, but like, there's no, there's nothing about that. But I think there's something interesting if you do it well. Like, if you do it, like, like the Nick Fury change works. Yeah. Because Nick Fury, not the best character ever, but you know, so but there's a little bit of flavor that he brings to the character. That's something that's interesting. But I like to see us do more of our own stuff, though, too. Yeah, I love to see more. Like, I mean, why is that? Why isn't there? I mean, with all the YA stuff that's so huge, why isn't there a Static Shock movie yet? Oh, yeah. you know, why do we have nine million shitty Spider-Man movies but no new Blade? <laughs> right? I yes. mean, like, like really? Spider-Man's great. about to be black. Just to let yeah, you know. Yeah, I, oh, I, I mean, on screen, that'd be great. No, no, no. I know for a fact. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. But what's my Blade? <laughs> like, I want Blade to come back. He didn't pay his taxes. He didn't pay his taxes. Oh, no. No, because Ryan Reynolds, who ruined the last and third movie, oh. now he's good at Deadpool. He did I not mean, ruin that movie. He did not oh. ruin that movie. That movie was, the whole thing was a Okay, we're going to bring it in this whole thing and save it. Save that argument for later. We can argue about that. because you're wrong. Oh, I'm going to put Oh, uh, next question? Oh, oh one of the questions. No, but to your point, though, seriously, it's important. All right, I just want to respond to the question real quick. I think, uh, <laughs> I think that I think that he's very right. It has to be well done. For instance, I'm yeah. a huge Spider-Man fan. Loved him all my life. You know, I've been resistant to any alternate form of Spider-Man. Uh, when when Miles Morales came, I was like, all right, let me let me check this out and see what it's about. And it was great. I mean, I like him more than Peter Parker right now. So I think that that is an example of doing it right. You know, um, another example is like Greg Pak, like Im- introducing like Amadeus Cho. I'm like, oh my god, a nerdy Asian? Like, Why? Why? I was like, at least make him like the smartest person on the planet instead of like the tenth or whatever. But the point is like, now he's the Hulk. So it's like, it's okay. Like I think some things happen in leaps and bounds. Some things happen in steps. But again, it goes back to it just has to be done well. Like Miss Marvel is probably one of the best books out. And the problem, and the problem with the problem with white people um, appropriating, you know, other roles like Last Airbender, it's just never done well. I mean, like, well, maybe we'd still be angry anyways. But the point is, like, (laughs) the point is, like, if it was done super, super well, then we'd have less of an argument. You know, maybe later on when the 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 grounds are equal. I don't know. Yeah, maybe not. But anyways, the point is, do it right. (laughs) Any questions? Yes, sir. Uh, my name is Pilo. Uh, What's up? Hi, Pilo. Hello. Hello. What's up? Radio show at my school's radio, uh, my school's radio station. It's called the Peep Show. It's a pop culture news segment that talks about like social issues. And so every, uh, at the beginning of every segment, I was talking about how pop culture is an easy way to talk about social issues since every, everybody loves it. It's easy to understand. Would you agree that comics is like an easy way to talk about like? Uh, social issues like racism, homophobia, white privilege, and all that? Uh, remember, um, I don't know, some of you might be too young to remember this, but does anybody remember the Green Arrow, um, uh, what is it, Green, Green Arrow Lantern. and Green Lantern, the drug the issues that he was talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, his son was, all, his son was a, a heroin addict, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and they can talk about a variety of different things. There are several animes out right now. One of them is called Black Jack, and it takes place in 1965. And it talks about the civil rights movement. Um, a lot of people don't know about that. There's also another um, <clears throat> manga that's out right now called Love, Love, Fighting, about um, a black girl that's living in Korea dealing with depression and bipolar disorder. So, <laughs> well, about, well, you know, she's kind of crazy. But that, I, I pretend I didn't say that. Sorry. Um, um, they, they, they can talk about a variety of, of different things. Like, they go across the spectrum. There are several trans characters in comics right now. There are several gay characters, uh, gay and lesbian characters in comics right now. So it, they, they run the gamut of issues. Uh, anybody else want to? I think that's what pop culture is supposed to do, yeah. right? I mean, I, on my Facebook um, picture, I, I, I had a quote from BCAP earlier this year where I said, um, pop culture is the B-side of religion. Right, it's you know all the dogma, none of the inquisitions. Right, it's because like that's what it does. I mean, you look at Star Trek: First Interracial Kiss. Yes. You look at you know yes. black, white, white, black, and Star Trek to the '60s. We're talking about you know you look at um, you go forward. You look at um, 
I mean, anything in Star Trek has done it a bunch of times. I mean, one of the best Deep Space Nine episodes is, you know, I think it's called Far Beyond the Stars, I think it's called, yes. where um, Cisco is a sci-fi writer, you know, and Ford's writing about himself in the future. It's like, that's, it, like, that's what it's yeah. for. And if we can't use pop culture to actually talk about bigger things, then what's the use of it? There's no use to it. I mean, it's not like everything needs to be like, you know, spikely hammer over your head, right? Like, not everything's supposed to be that. But being able to talk about some of the greater truths, kind of like, you know, how you talk to your grandparents. Like, you don't, you don't go to your grandparents and be like, hey, you know what? But you're like, oh, you know what, Grandpa? I heard a story about, I think that the idea of storytelling and putting things in the pop cultural perspective makes so much of, because we, as human beings, we all deal with a lot. We deal with the constellation of effects that are happening to us all the time, and sometimes it happens at the same time, and the only way we can sometimes even like rationalize is through story, or through things that we, you know, I read my favorite book, I listen to my favorite album, to get through this. So I think that if pop culture isn't being, you know, quote unquote, weaponized, for the greater good, I mean, there's no use for it. Okay. Thank you. Any other questions? Anybody else? Yes, sir. All right. Hi, um, Ani. What's up? Hi, Ani. Hi, Ani. What's up? Um, my question is, you know, back in the day in the mid-90s, Milestone. That's back in the day? Mid-90s? <laughs> <laughs> We're doomed. 20 years ago. 20 years ago, man. Great comics. I have every single issue of everything they published, right? Okay. And then they stopped. Um, and then recently, I was watching something about um, with with Aziz Ansari, uh, Master of Nothing. Yeah, yeah. great show. Yeah. Great show. yeah. Um, he brought up a good point that you know if you have you know two black characters on a show, all of a sudden it's a black show. Yeah. Two Asian characters, it's an Asian show. Nobody says says that about two white guys on a show. It's not a white show, it's just a show, right? Um, and, and my biggest thing was, you know, going to the shops, picking up those, those milestone comics, everybody's like, oh, that's a black comic line. Mm. You know, how do we get past that? Um, do you guys have any opinions? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, our friends in Seinfeld white Jewish shows? I mean, think about that. There's, there's, there's nothing, quote unquote, whiter than friends in Seinfeld. Maybe a clan meeting. Maybe. <laughs> but, but, but at the same time, let me say this really quickly. It's okay to like what you like. Yes. You know what I mean? So if you like Batman and Iron Man in their you know traditional form and only that, that's still okay as long as you're not attacking and being a troll against you know Miles Morales or Mr. Terrific or anybody else. So I just want to be real, real clear on that point. It's okay to like any character. Regardless of you know their ethnicity or sexual orientation and whatnot, I don't agree with you know this is a black comic and this is a gay comic, this is a white comic at all or show or anything like that. I think that's absolutely ludicrous. Um, I love the the fact that I can go into my local comic shop and just pick whatever the hell I like that day, and even ones that may not be quote unquote uh, supposed to be for me. I pick those up even faster. You know what I mean? I, I actively go out and seek those more and more, and then we discuss them on our podcast. <laughs> well, actually, we're gonna we're gonna go down the line and just sort of, uh, you know, give our contact information and put in some uh, some plugs because we're. Oh, I'm sorry. How you doing? Yeah. Uh, so my name is Ash. Ash. Yeah. TV show or a movie focuses on a certain area of America that doesn't have a lot of white people, but that movie or show makes it about a bunch of white people. Like if it's um, oh, Walking Dead. Oh, sorry. 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 Actually, in the TV show Silicon Valley, it takes place in Silicon Valley, but there's only like two or so Asian Americans who have like broken English, or like in the movie Aloha, where. Even though, though, even though Hawaii is full of Asian people, the movie has is Emma Stone. white people. There's one half-white character played by Emma Stone. So what you all on that? Ah, that is um, that is a a, a systemic issue. Um, <laughs> it's that is an issue that is at the top of the food chain um, because, in my opinion, they are out of touch. Um, they work with and interact with people who look like them, 
Um, so, it, and it, I'm sure it looked great on paper, but the money talks and yeah. the bullshit walks. Yeah. And so, um, I think what we're gonna see slowly is these types of films being phased out because they all flop. They flop. Yeah. Period. Gods of Egypt. Flop. <laughs> like, for example, Ghost in the Shell is gonna flop. Well, you know, that's also because you know they don't do anime uh, adaptations well at all. So that's a different uh, a beast. But it's a systemic issue because this is what they've been used to doing. Like we've all mentioned, this is something that they're used to doing. It's the status quo. Um, but now that people are speaking against it, I think we're gonna it's gonna it's gonna happen, but very slowly start phasing that out because they're gonna get tired of losing money. Yeah. And the, the green is what it's all about. And when if it's not making any money, they're soon gonna they're gonna phase it out. And the geek dollar is really not a game. <laughs> 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 it, 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 this is not a game. And so we can I mean we can make or break film. We can make or break TV shows. We can make or break if we collectively use our dollars well. I mean yeah. you look at this. I mean I just was gleefully dancing butt naked in the mirror when Gods of Egypt flopped. I was like, <laughs> 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 no, but, to the kitchen. But even the Pixar the, didn't happen, Sean. Huh? <laughs> but even even the director of Gods of Egypt apologized. That's something that has never happened. You, Cameron Crowe even apologized for Aloha because that's something that apologies we never get that out of them. But that's something that is happening, and that shows a change is taking place. Now, what type of change and where it's happening at is something we're not seeing. But hopefully, you know, like you said, the dollar is going to start. Speaking for all that, maybe we get less apologies and more actions with people not doing stupid stuff like that. No, you have to make no money for that to happen. You have to get together on all your radio broadcasts. <laughs> don't go see this because until they, as long as they make any money, they're encouraged. They must make no money. It I, must I feel don't so think so. That once that happens, they go, "Wow, nobody came." If the nobody movie cost one hundred and twenty million dollars and they make fourteen million, that's like making zero. And that's that's the point. That, that right there. Made change a whole bunch of people off with their heads. Yeah, but the I know they got, did. Everybody still got paid though, so everybody's missing. Yeah, yeah everybody still got paid. There you, yeah, go. There you go. They didn't get the the studios didn't get paid back, but the people that made the movie they got paid. Yeah, yeah. yeah but they we need to make money. it so nobody gets paid. Yeah, but that's that's not how it works. That's, that's not how it works. They made the movie, everybody got paid. Yeah, yeah. and it's a tax write off. Yeah, that's yeah, why I heard true. about Gods of Egypt. It was a tax write off. Yeah, of course it is. Is there any other? I just want to make one quick yeah, yeah, quick, 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 Go ahead, go back. some questions, too, so y'all yeah. got to make it. Oh, Silicon okay. Valley specifically, um, I read recently that at, a, at another con, um, the creator said that it was a, it was a um, purposeful decision to make it really white in the beginning, and then um, it's part of the plot to start diversifying, I think. I mean, that sounds like a cop-out. Okay. Well, that's, 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 that's true, though. You, you have to trick the white people. You have to get them in first and then start inserting your agenda. But um, I just want to say real quick that the, the doll money talks, and that's really what it is. Because I remember when Waiting to Exhale came out in theaters, and it was a big deal because it was like the first all-black movie being getting a wide release, and you know, all the studios were like, okay, what's gonna happen? It made a ton of money. And then they were like, oh wait, black people like movies too. And they, they support it, you know, like they'll come out. And, and they kind of tried it with some Asian films, but the problem with Asian films is that it's not just, Asian is like a term to, to identify a ton of different ethnicities. And at that time, like, you know, like, Vietnamese people weren't, they don't care about Chinese issues, you know, like, so I think now it's starting to change, though, because I think Asian people are starting to be more like, well, it's an Asian thing, I'm going to support it, like, fresh off the boat and stuff, um, so I think, so I think, I think what it really takes, you know, back to your question, is, it's just literally everybody supporting each other, like, every minority supporting each other, since we are in the same proverbial boat in this country, and do it without thinking about, um, you know, just just do it and support each other and 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 know that we all rise together when that happens. And so. just make Somebody good stuff. Thank you. Sorry. And make good stuff. It's all, that's always number one. Yeah, just because yeah. you're a person of color doesn't matter to buy your shit. Well, like, right. it's not. Well, make, well, let them get this okay, question in. Good. My bad. Get, <laughs> go ahead, get your question in, sir. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. So, uh, so um, my question is, um, I'm Hispanic American here, 
and I love the community vibe of being from here too. It's really great. Um, my, uh, my my thing is, um, I usually don't see much of you know Hispanic culture in like big big you know roles like comic book though. Like the last one I saw was Captain America, great comic by the way. Um, the new Falcon who is Hispanic, but that's the only one I've seen so far from a comic. And also um, Miles Morales who's half black and half uh, Portuguese, right? Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. Uh, I want to know what you guys think about like you know like um, how there's if there is. I mean, uh, for me personally, I don't see much roles for my for my people, my culture, in you know big names like you know, big blockbuster movies or big comic books like that. I don't know what you guys think about that. Yep, great. Uh, I have a quick. I think. Um, first of all, sorry, we don't have one of you up here. Missing. Uh, <laughs> 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 I thought that when I sat down, I was like, oh. Yeah, I'm half Puerto Rican, so I'm half with you. Oh, okay, there we go. Um, no, but I think that, I think culturally, like, there's different, different, uh, different ethnicities in this country have different levels of evolution in media and stuff. For instance, I was talking with one of my black friends, and, you know, years ago, and he was saying, like, you know, I'm so sick and tired of black people being the thug in movies. And I'm like, well... I would like to be the thug, actually. <laughs> because we're like the pizza guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we don't even get that, you know? So it's like, so how about you guys go up, you get like the star A-list, like that, and then let us be the thugs, and then like, you know, keep bringing everybody up stage by stage, you know what I'm saying? But all I'm saying is like, I think that that's probably, it's probably more of a reflection of, um, and it's just my opinion, I don't, you know, I don't know for sure, but it's probably more a reflection of like, what people focus on, like, in your culture, you know? Like I was saying before, like, when I was growing up, all our parents were like, you know, movies? Like, you wanna be an actor? Like, you're gonna die. Like, you make, you know, like, be a doctor or a lawyer and stuff. So, I think that, uh, uh, you should make a movie. Very good. <laughs> Blue Beetle, you're familiar? Oh, yeah. Blue Beetle is awesome. And yeah. then, are you reading The Ultimates right now? You should be. <laughs> Um, so I was gonna say really quick on there, uh, they got a great uh, half Puerto Rican. Oh, no, she might be full on Puerto Rican. Miss Miss America. Yeah, she man. She's so just really quick uh, character examples, and you know, find some more. You know, go into your local comic shop, support your local comic shop, and find as many as possible. And if they're great, read them. There's one that came out eight years ago called Pablo's Inferno. Ooh. And it was Dante's Inferno through the eyes of Mexican Mexican mythology. And it was the most yeah. powerful book I have ever read in my go. life. I mean, I can't find the graphic novel, but my daughter, I can't read it. Like, touch it. Like, and because it just, I mean, <laughs> but it's, it's literally, it's beautifully drawn, beautifully written, and it's really about what you're saying. Like, you don't see yourself, but I mean, taking the idea of, you know, Quetzalcoatl and all of that, and we're putting it in the Dante's Inferno story, but through that lens, I mean, you can still find the individual issues. Like, seriously, if you can find them, order them, I mean, it's, you will, it'll change your life. Ah, yes, they're peeking in. So I, I was just going to say, I think it, again, goes to the people that are in charge that, um, you know, the people that are writing and the people that are directing, they all are, you know, the same folks. And they entrust people who may not identify with you to write your story. And um, I think that's where things come up missing. So like uh, Henry said, you probably should write your own story and make your own movie because you... I will probably be able to identify with something you create than with something that Cameron Crowe may create about, you know, people in, in Rio or whatever. Because usually what you see is you see either um, a bunch of tattoos, I'm 18 folks in movies, or you see um, them in Rio running around with a loincloth and a spear. And that's a lot of what you get. So if you want to create, if you want to see something, you probably have to create it yourself. And there is somebody out there that will believe in your vision if you push it and you believe in it. Um, I guess we're running out of time, so is there any other questions before we? Let's do it. You. Hey, what's up? I'm Sam. What's up, Sam? I'm Sam. So this has been a really cathartic experience. Personally, we talked a lot about um, where we've been. So where are we going? And really quickly, just like one recommendation from each of you, so we can walk away from this panel with something. Well, Bayfong. Bayfong, can we? Yeah, I, I love uh, Legend of Core. By the way, um, one recommendation. I 
recommend that you, as far as anime is concerned, um, I recommend that you watch Michiko and Hacha. Oh, yes. Uh, that's a good one that takes place in a fictional sort of uh, Afro-Latino sort of area. Um, and it's a very good anime and, and manga. And as far as where we're going, um, that is a good question. I hope we're moving in the right direction and I hope people are keeping a positive mindset and, and hoping to turn things around by creating and supporting. Because sometimes this is why things fail because we want it, we want it, and then it comes out and then it fails because we don't support it. So I think if we up the support, then we can, we have something to up the ante and say, look, we're supporting it, it's making money, you need to do this. Uh, we need to have collateral. And I, I think that's something that we, we you know, that we can walk away with from this pass it this way. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, real quick, I'm going to say uh, on the Sci-Fi Channel, there's an amazing show called The Expanse. And I think that's where we're headed. Uh, it's extremely diverse, great story, uh, great story writing. We had um, Dominique Tipper, who plays Naomi, on our podcast recently. Oh. <laughs> excellent, excellent interview. But I think that's where we're headed. More shows like that. So, hopefully. Um, two recommendations um, by the same author, Daniel Jose Older, Shadow Shaper and the Bone Street Rumba series. If you've never read a story like that that's steeped in, you know, botanicas and, you know, and it's just like about ghosts and what mythology does to a city and about the vanishing Brooklyn. It's one of the, those two books. Um, the one series is Bone Street Rumba series and the other book is a YA novel called Shadow Shaper. Run, not walk to get those as mm. soon as possible. Got it. Uh, I think we're headed in the right direction. I, honestly, I thought there were only be four people in this room and we were just going to be like <laughs> talking to each other. So this already represents like the change that needs to happen. And, and thank you, white people, for coming in here. <laughs> I also thought it was going to be all the Asian people. We love you. Um, but uh, that's so fucked up to just call them like white people like that. Like all the same, you know? They're not. But. Um, but, but the recommendations, I'm going to go movies. I'm going to say uh, Dope. I don't know if you've seen Oh, yes! Thank you. Uh, I don't know. Dear White People, that's a good one, too. Um, but Dope is more relevant for nerd culture. Um, and then as far as comics go, it's it's actually, uh, I've been reading um, Vagabond, which I don't know if you guys know. It's, yeah, Saga. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's go Saga. That's my favorite comic right now. Oh, I just took it. Sorry. Nope. Julie recommends Saga. <laughs> sorry. Rack weeds. Yes. Sorry. I can say. Let can you? Miss Marvel. There you go. Um, Silk is really good. Um, Hulk. <laughs> the Amadeus Cho Hulk. Yeah. Yes. Totally awesome Hulk is what it's yeah. called, right? Yeah. yeah. Totally awesome, yeah. So I guess last, we're going to just all really plug where we are on the internet. Not that we, I've done that enough. Not that you've done that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I have some business cards if you guys want to come up and take some after you know before you walk out. But you can check my website out. It's called Anime Complexium. It's kind of long. But um, it's C-O-M-P-L-E-X-I-U-M with anime on the front. And uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, we talk about all sorts of things. And especially, uh, the latest article that came out, um, please be aware, is um, about uh, you know cosplay hygiene and you know not funking up the place. So make sure if you find somebody, you know, if you find somebody or something like that, you know, if you have the courage, you can tap them on the shoulder or whatever. Anyway, um, check out Anime Complexing if you get a chance, and if you want some business cards, you can come up afterward. Thank you. I'm gonna plug again. Uh, so uh, it's Blacker the Black Times Infinity. We're a podcast. We are on Twitter, YouTube, uh, SoundCloud. Uh, you can hit us up at B than B T I for Black of the Black Times Infinity, and uh, we respond all the time. And it's all about again anime, video games, uh, reviews, lots of rants. And I think it's the dankest podcast in the universe. So please join us. I, um, I'm launching um, a site called GeekDiaspora.com. It's me mostly about interviews of people who are creating because the creation process really fascinates me. I write for uh, TheNerdsOfColor.org. And if you are a parent, I had a very long um, run at Ebony Magazine on a parenting column called Fatherhood. Oh. And um, that's on, it's all archived online. So, nice. yeah. Yeah. 
Um, you can also find me at thenerdscolor.org. Um, I have a personal blog called Geisha School Dropout. Um, <laughs> um, kind of talks more about my personal life. And um, Twitter, at Julie Kang, K-A-N-G. Uh, my name's Henry. Uh, you can find me at henry at emptykingdom.com. It's exactly how it sounds, Empty Kingdom. It's called Empty Kingdom because it's it's an art site run by the people with no king. It's all we're all equals. Um, and uh, and I'm coming out with a new show soon by um, the bunch of people like Nerdist and and uh, speaking of Chris Hardwood and uh, <laughs> I love you, Chris. Meltdown Comics and uh, and Machinima and stuff like that. It's called Blueprint Cinema. It's going to be interviewing uh, filmmakers and you know, geeks and all that stuff, uh, you know, and I will push the agenda on that, so <laughs> please support it, but, you know, I also have cards, you can feel free to uh, to reach us. And by the way, thank you everybody, you guys yeah, like yeah. a yeah. 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 I need to see that baby Leia after. <laughs> no, somebody asked about where this is going. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah! Right there. Oh, the future. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> asked about where we're going. I want everybody in here to exchange numbers or contact with somebody who you don't know yes. to keep this going outside of this room. Absolutely. Yeah. And we have business cards just in case as well. Thank you all. Thank, Thank you so much. You. Yeah. Very nice to meet you, sir. Let me give you a card. Empty Henry.